Well, mothers, we love you. Good to, good to be with you today. Um, I want to, since it's Mother's Day, I'm going to veer off the, the Divine Exchange series, and I want to just try to maybe just encourage our mothers. I read this. I'm going to make the words bigger so I can read it better. <laughs> I read this, but I thought it was pretty funny. For weeks, a six-year-old or six-year-old lad kept telling his first grade, first grade teacher about the baby brother or sister that was expected at his house. And one day, the mother allowed the boy to feel the movement of the unborn child. And the six-year-old was obviously impressed, but made no comment. Furthermore, he stopped telling his teacher about the impending event. The teacher finally set the boy on her lap and said, Tommy, whatever has become of that baby brother or sister you were expecting at home? And Tommy burst into tears and confessed, I think my mommy ate it. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. I read another little thing, you know, how did God create your mom? And he said, well, he used this, this, and he put a little bit of mean in it. <laughs> These little children, you know, and then and another one was talking about, you know, moms, they're, they're like superheroes. They can do anything. And that's the truth, isn't it? They can do anything. So let's talk about moms today. If you have your Bible, why don't you turn with me to, uh, to Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to start there this morning. You know, today, you know, just recently they passed a law, and I think it was North Carolina, upholding the amendment of the law that marriage is between one man and one woman. And, uh, and right after that, two days later, President Barack Obama came out and said he supported uh, same-sex marriage. And so there's this great divide going on in our nation right now about the family. And it's, it's tearing up our, the fabric of our society. And so I just feel like we need to, um, to talk about the family and support the family and strengthen the family. You know, where do we get our truth from? I think we should get it from God, don't you? I mean, after all, isn't He that created this whole thing? You know, where can we find the smart person that created human being? Let me know if you find out where you can get that person. As far as I know, there's only one creator, and it's God. Amen? And He created this whole thing. Are y'all with me out there? And so in Exodus chapter 20, God begins to give Israel the laws of how to live an orderly and a happy and a blessed life. And in verse 12, He says, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, He says, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now, it's interesting that top, the number five of the top ten things, now think about this. If God's going to give us ten things that He thinks is important, He gives us ten commandments. Do this if you want to be blessed. Do this if you want to prosper. And number five, honor your father and mother. Wow, isn't that interesting? That God expects us, His people, to show honor in the family? And He instructed them specifically to honor father and mother. This is a powerful command, isn't it? And it promises a blessing. The command that promises a blessing. It's the first command that command that promises the blessing. The condition, honor your father and mother. The promise is your days will be prolonged in the land. So honoring your father and mother carries a blessing. 
Honor means to value, to esteem, to respect, to treat favorably. And the blessing that's promised is that when we value, respect, and treat our parents favorably, it adds length to your life. You know, just reading this, I was thinking, I wonder how many people have died prematurely because they did not honor their parents. Just a thought. The New Testament picks up on this principle in Ephesians 6 and verse 2. He says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And so the Apostle Paul reminds us that honoring our parents positions us for blessing. It positions us for blessing. And he says, it may go well with you. Now, I like that. I, I hope my life goes well with me. How about you? And that you may live, enjoy long life on the earth. So God rewards, favors, blesses, and lengthens the life of those who honor their father and mother. But unfortunately, the opposite is true. Because dishonoring your father and mother carries the opposite of a blessing. And verse 16 of Deuteronomy 27 says this, Cursed is he who dishonors his father or mother, and all the people shall say amen. I don't think some people would want to amen that. Cursed is he who dishonors his father or mother. And so dishonor is to treat as common, like, you know, not a big deal, ordinary. That's not a, ah, come on, menial. And it's also to treat shamefully or to humiliate. And Proverbs 20, 20 says, God puts out the light of the man who curses his father or his mother. God puts out the light of the man who curses his father and mother. This is hard hitting, isn't it? That's serious business. Now, what, what do you think that means? God puts out your light. I don't know, but I don't want to find out. I don't like the way it sounds. How about you? So to honor your parents positions you to receive a blessing. To dishonor your parents positions you to receive a curse on your life. You know, perfect example. There's some examples in the Bible. But one example is Noah with his three sons. And and I'm going to just tell you a little bit. You know, remember Noah got drunk one day. He was a foreman. He had a, a vineyard. And he, I guess he, you know, crushed the grapes and made some wine and drank a little bit. Got intoxicated. And he stumbles in his tent and he gets naked. And his son, Ham, went in there and saw him naked and looked at him and walks out. And he's, he starts telling everybody, which was probably like two people. Because it was, you know, I mean, there wasn't many people there. So, um, so he, he turns around, he went outside and he tells people, guess what my dad did? And he just starts telling them got drunk. He's all naked in the tent and all that. And then his other two brothers, Shem and Japheth, they heard about their dad and they responded quite differently. And the Bible tells us that they grabbed a garment, each of the brothers, and they walked backwards into the tent while their dad was laying naked, asleep, drunk, and they covered him. Quite an opposite response of the first brother. And the Bible says, it's interesting, in Genesis 9, verse 18, the sons of Noah who came out of the ark with Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Ham was the father of Canaan. These were the sons of Noah, and from the whole earth, from these the whole earth was populated. Then Noah began forming, planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine. He became drunk, uncovered himself in the tent. 
Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it upon both their shoulders, walked backward, covered the nakedness of their father, and their faces were turned away so that they did not see their father's nakedness. So one son, Ham, dishonored his father by revealing his nakedness. And then two sons honored their father by covering his nakedness. And the Bible says in verse 24, when Noah awaked from from his wine, he knew what his youngest son had done to him. So he said, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brothers. And he also said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servants. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servants. And Canaan, remember, Noah was, I mean, Ham was the father of Canaan. And so God speaks a blessing over the two sons that honored him, or not God, but or you could say the God. But through Noah, he speaks a blessing on the two sons that honored his father. And then he speaks a, ble- a curse on the one that dishonored. God rewards, favors, bless, and lengthens the life of those who honor their father and mother. Can you receive that this morning? Well, you know, I just want to stop right now to say, but what if you got a knothead as a daddy? How do you honor somebody that's not honorable? I think it's a decision that you make. That regardless of whether they're there or not there, whether they mistreat, whatever, you just make a choice that you're going to honor them. And I believe God will bless you for that. Amen? You know, I just think of Brother Francis used to encourage us to write letters to our parents. Write letters to your dad. Write letters to your mom and tell them how much you appreciate, how much you love them. You know what he was doing was he was teaching us how to honor. And you know, you know, they might be a lot of bad, but you know, like Maria said just before she sang, you know, sometimes we can look at the negative and forget about all the positive. But it's good for us to learn to honor. It's good. It's healthy. A society that honors one another is a blessed society. A society that dishonors and disrespects one another is not going to be blessed. Amen? Now, what does it mean to honor your father and mother? Let's talk about that today. And since it's Mother's Day, let's make specific application to honoring mothers. What does it mean to honor mothers? Remember, honor means to value, to respect, to esteem, to place in high regard. We honor mothers when the church supports the role of motherhood. We as a church need to support the role. I believe the role of the mother is important. How about you? 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 says, I'm writing these things to you now, even though I hope I will be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. Righteousness exalts a nation. Truth brings stability and strength to a people and a nation. The church is the pillar, the foundation of truth. And the nation can only be as strong as the truth we uphold and we live by. Amen? So the question is not whether we should or should not uh, endorse a certain kind of activity or lifestyle. The question is, what does the Bible say about it? It's the truth of the Bible that brings stability and strength to a nation. 
Amen. And it's the church's responsibility to be the supporter and the defender of truth. And as a church, we are to continue to support and teach the truth that motherhood is important to the health and the stability of our society. It's the church's job to remind our mothers that they have a God-giving calling and purpose in our society. Mothers are vital to keeping the family structure and the healthy home strong. Amen. Amen. Malachi 4 and 5 says, Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet. Before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, he will restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, so that I will not come and smite the lame with a curse. You know, when the family, it's talking about fathers and children here, but you know what? You can, you could say when the family is not in order, it releases a curse on the land. But when our mothers are, and and when our mothers are fulfilling their God-given purpose, it releases a blessing on our land. The church needs to support and encourage our ladies in the role of motherhood. They need to encourage them. Moms, can I encourage you today? You serve a vital part to the health of the fabric of our society. Don't abandon your post. Don't throw away your calling. Number two, we honor mothers when our fathers support the role of motherhood. Fathers, our fathers Support the role of motherhood by encouraging and supporting them in the home. You know, just last Sunday, this family—I was talking to this family—and they were—they were telling me that um, that they—they um, they got an opportunity to move away, and, and that fell through, and they—they they ended up staying here. But right after that, uh, the husband got a five thousand dollar raise, and so they were rejoicing in that. And so they, you know, kind of told me about the story, and they said that. Uh, you know, a few years ago when they started having children, they made a decision that the mom wasn't going to work anymore. And that cost them half their income. And so that was a big blow. That was a tough pill to swallow. But they decided that they wanted mom to be there uh, for the children. And so God blessed their decision. They were given two cars and they continued to financially prosper. You know, when I was listening to the story as a husband and wife, I thought, man, I wonder how many men would have supported their wife if their wife said, I wanted to stay home and be with the children. Now, I'm not trying to condemn any, any mothers that are working. I'm just saying that fathers, we need to encourage to support and support the role of motherhood. And we can do that as men or we can tear it down. Amen. And so, fathers, we need to encourage and support our mothers in the role in the home. And we do that by teaching our children to appreciate their mothers as well. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in in the training and instruction of the Lord. So we need to train our children to honor their mothers. Is that right? Don't allow them to dishonor and disrespect their moms. And listen, gang, we're in a society right now. That is a dishonoring society in every way, in realm and place. We don't honor one another. We don't honor authority. We are a dishonoring society more and more. And so to bring honor, we got to swim upstream. We got to go against the current. We need some fortitude inside of us by the spirit of God. 
Amen. And so we need to teach this, right? And so as fathers, we support the role of motherhood, not only by, by you know, putting value on the role, by teaching our children, but pitching in and helping around the house. That'll be an encouragement. Pick up after yourself, wash some dishes, help her take care of the kids and stuff like that. But you know, you know, in our society, some moms work and then they have the full responsibility of the home. And you know, there, there's a switch I was hearing about recently. Let me just stop long enough to say this. I heard recently about a couple of families and uh, they got married and now the, the man has to work. He has to clean house. He has to wash dishes. He has to cook. He does everything. I'm not sure what she's doing, but I think there's a, there's an order in the family. I know I'm on thin ice right now. I know it. It's on very thin ice, but I'm willing to walk out there with you. Amen. Come on. Come on. Listen, mom, if you read the scripture, you, you're supposed to be taking care of the house, but that don't mean men that you can't wash a dish. Make a bed. Amen. Come on. I'm going back to shore. I'm getting off that ice now. And the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And so part of loving our wives is helping them. Amen. Serving them. So fathers, let's value and support our wives and their roles as mothers. Number three, we honor mothers when our women support the role of motherhood. Ladies, we can't let the liberal world tell us what's important. We can't let the values and mindsets of the world become our values and our mindsets. You know, some ladies in today's day and age view motherhood as an abusive trap. You know, the, the, the founder of the feminist movement, Betty Ferdon, the mother, the mother of the radical feminist movement said this, family is an impressive is an oppressive institution and homemakers are like parasites and burying women alive. In other words, the spirit of feminism says there's no value to functioning in the role of motherhood. They believe it's a waste of time and a waste of life to nurture and care for children. Well, who's going to convince all our grandparents that are, that they wasted their life while they loving up on those grandchildren and enjoying the grandchildren like nobody's business? Proverbs 17, 6 says grandchildren are the crowning glory of the age. I like to see the grandparents to get around a grandbaby and their face lights up. And all the parenting skills they had whenever they were coming up, they thrown out of the window and they forget about that. And they do everything they told their kids that you shouldn't do. They just do that. They spoil them and they say, here, honey, I see you next week. You straighten them out. I'm going to spoil them for you. All right. But you know, I believe Miss Betty, I don't believe she had a healthy home. Because if she did, she would support it, not try to tear it down. Amen. So I believe the radical feminists who think motherhood is oppressive will wish for grandchildren when they're old and they're in the nursing home and they have nobody to visit them. Come on, are y'all with me out here? 
God didn't put the husband and a wife and children in this fabric of our society because he didn't have nothing better to do. He knows that it's important. Wow. Motherhood is not an oppressive institution, but rather a God-given calling and blessing from God. Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And verse 5 says, How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. God says, Children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the woman, the wound, is a reward. And God says, It's a blessing to have children and to be a mother. Now, who are you going to believe? We honor mothers when our children support the role of motherhood. Proverbs 30, 11, There's a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There's a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. Let's not be that generation. Let's make a decision to honor our fathers and our mothers. Amen? And how do children honor their mothers? Well, by being respectful, by not neglecting them, spending time with them, by living a lifestyle that doesn't bring shame to them. Proverbs 10.1 says, A wise son makes a father glad. Well, the foolish son is a grief to his mother. Let's not bring grief to our mothers by the choices we make in life. Proverbs 23, 22 says, Listen to your father who begot you. and Do not despise your mother when she's old. We honor our parents as children by taking care of them as they age. Amen? Jesus cared for his mom. He, he put a high value on his mom. You remember that passage there in in John chapter 19? I'm going to read it in case you're not familiar with it. But in John chapter 19, verse 25, he's now on the cross. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciples he said, Here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Now, whenever you read that, you said, he said, he said to his mother, dear woman, here's your son. That sounds kind of disrespectful. But if you, if you really put it in the context, understood what he's saying, it wasn't like he say, hey, woman, this dude over here is going to take care of you. No, there was compassion. There was concern. And hanging on the cross, it's like as if he would have said, hey, mama, John, I know John. He's a good man. He's going to take care of you while I'm gone. John, do me a favor. Would you take care of my mom while I'm gone? Because I really love her and I want her to be well taken care of. Amen? And so Jesus, they, they put this in Scripture. Here it is, the cross, the most important event in the history of the, of the church and the, and the in, in creation. And, and here he is hanging on the cross and it puts in here in John, hey, by the way, Jesus took care of his mom. You know, the Bible says that, that the godly people even take care of their pets. That's how four deep honor and respect and love and grace flows. How much more should we treat our parents? Mothers are treasured vessels in the hands of God. They're treasured vessels. Consider the roles our mothers played in our history. It's a mother that ushered in our Savior into the world. 
The Bible says in Luke 1, the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, you, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. So when God was ready to usher in salvation into the world, he didn't choose an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. He chose a mama. Amen. He chose a mother to usher in his most precious possession in the world, his son. Amen. You know, it's a mother that has molded and shaped the many, many of the world leaders. You know, in fact, our president right now, a mama had influence on his life. You know, George Washington said, I attribute all my success in life to the moral and intellectual and physical education I received from my mother. Abraham Lincoln said, all that I am and all that I hold to be is a result of my mother's influence in my life. W.L. Caldwell said this, no nation is greater than its mothers, for they are makers of men. They are makers of men. It's a mother that influenced the greatest church leaders. In 2 Timothy 1, 5, Paul told Timothy, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan a flame in the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Paul correlated Timothy's strong faith to the influence of his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. Think about that. Generations have been affected for Christ by one mother, Lois. Grandmother Lois was first generation, and she reached Eunice, second generation. Eunice reached Timothy, third generation. But it don't stop there, because now the now in, in um, as you reach Second Timothy, Timothy now is passing on in verse two, and the things you've heard, Paul tells him in verse one. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus and the things you have heard in me in the presence of many witnesses and trust the reliable men who will be qualified to teach others. So now Timothy's discipling other people and there's more generations right there. And so Timothy passed his faith on to reliable men who would teach other people. And so there it goes on and on and on and on. So many generations of people were impacted because Miss Lois put her daughter on her lap, prayed over her, ministered to her, encouraged her, nurtured her, loved on her. And then she had a son named Timothy, and she did the same thing. And he became a pillar in the church of God. And he kept discipling and encouraging, working on other people. How many of you know you don't have to be a prophet to change the world? You can mold men on, the lap, on your lap in your home. Amen? And so a mother's key to being a treasured vessel that can be used in the hands of God is your personal faith in Christ. You know, when Paul said, told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, he said, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. He said, I know that your mama Eunice had faith in her heart, and I know your grandma did too. They were strong in their faith. And I know that's why it's in you. So, Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you. It was, it was Timothy's grandmother, Lois, personal faith that had the impact. And so I believe the greatest 
The greatest key, the greatest asset that a mama can have is strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you know a mom can change the trajectory of a child's life on her knees in prayer? Amen. Come on. How many of you believe that? She can change his values on her knees in prayer. Amen. She can make a difference. And so, mothers, if you want to be a treasured vessel that God can use, You need to surrender your life to Christ. Give your heart to Christ. Let Christ come live in you because he can give you the wisdom, the grace that you need to be the greatest mom that you could ever be. Amen? 1 John 1.12 says, To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know the greatest concern for most moms? You know their greatest concern? is where their children are spiritually. Isn't that right, moms? You know, sometimes, sometimes children will come to church on Mother's Day because they'll say to mama, mama, what you want for Mother's Day? And she says, what she says, come to church, boy. She's the only one can talk to him like that, right? What is she saying? Mom has enough wisdom to know that it doesn't matter what you accomplish on this earth is what's going to happen to you whenever you lay down and you breathe your last. And she's concerned about that next phase of your journey. And so the greatest gift that a mom could ever have is children who serve the Lord. Isn't that right, moms? Am I saying the truth this morning? Amen. So listen, really, the greatest gift you can give your children is not going to church. It's trusting, putting your faith, letting them see you rely and lean on and, and count on God to help you out. That's the greatest gift as, as parents as, that we can give our children. And the greatest gift children can give their moms is to surrender their life to Jesus Christ. Amen? So to conclude this morning... You have all kinds of moms in here. Moms just became moms. Moms that have children that are 60 years old, have been at this for a little while. You have some ladies maybe that have been wanting to be a mom and can't be a mom. You got maybe moms in here whose children are strained and they don't come around. The dysfunction of our society has ripped us apart. But I think today that we just need to recommit to the value of the family and the role of motherhood and do our part. Listen, I believe that if you didn't get that nurture and admonition from your mom, be a mom to somebody else, whether you have children or not. Go make a difference. Because I believe that that's the environment that God put us in so that we could grow up to be healthy and strong. Amen? A mama... And a daddy that are in the family unit to love and to nurture our children. Amen. Y'all agree with this this morning? Would you stand with me and let's close in prayer? We have a lot of mothers in here today. And I want to just take a moment to pray. Would you just bow your head with me for a moment? Maybe you're here today and 
Whenever you think about transferring your faith to your children, you you feel a little inadequate, like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Maybe yourself has never really surrendered your life and given your life to Christ. And I want to give you a chance to do that today. It's just It's just simply opening your heart to Jesus, asking Him to forgive you of all your sins that you committed, which we've all committed sins, letting Christ come into your life. And then as He comes into your life, He begins to take over and teach you and show you how to be the mother that He wants you to be. If you're here today and you're a mom and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Christ. I want faith in my heart. And I'm not sure I have it right now like I need it. And I want prayer to be saved, to be born again. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, some of you today, maybe you you uh, you can't give that gift to your mom. That if she goes and has to go visit you in the in the funeral parlor, that she'll know where, where you spiritually stand. And you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I, I want to I make sure my faith is solid today. I want to make sure I've given my life to Christ. If that's you, raise your hand. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just bow your head with me. And it's, and it's just a, a step of faith. Just say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I've broken your laws, but I'm sorry, Lord Jesus, today. I choose to give my life to you. Lord Jesus, I need faith in my heart. And I ask you to fill me with faith. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening me, for touching me, for encouraging me. In Jesus' name, I thank you for giving me a fresh start, a new beginning. Jesus, I declare that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Congratulations. Amen. How many of you believe that God is in the business of changing lives? Amen. Amen. Now, let's pray right now. Let's just say, uh, you know, I don't know everybody in here, but they might be, you know, some ladies in here today that are, are struggling because they want to be a mother and haven't had that opportunity. Let's pray for them. God knows where they are and God feels the heaviness on their heart. Let's pray for them right now. Father, I pray that you would lift the burden. Lord, give, give, give hope, give grace, God. Touch, touch the, the ladies in here, Lord, that have desired to be a mother, but for whatever reason have not been able to. God, I pray that you would encourage them, that you would bless them, And that you would strengthen them today, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, there's some of you today, your mother, your mother wasn't the best mom. And it's been very difficult for you to honor. But I want you to just encourage you to just make a decision today. And say, you know what? I'm just going to choose. It's the right thing to do. And I'm just going to choose to do it. Whether you have a chance to, you know, I encourage you to do as Brother Francis said, sit down and write a letter. Even if you, if they're still alive, maybe you want to just write it and send it to them and just thank them for the positives in their life. Some of, some moms are going to come to Christ because of this. Amen. And if they're gone and you don't have the opportunity, just write a letter. And if you don't have no, nowhere to send it, you know, uh, Brother Francis used to say, send it to me. 
Send it to me. Now I'll just tell you, send it to me. Put it to my attention. And just opening up your heart and just making that decision can release a great blessing in your life. We have many testimonies of that happening to people in this congregation. Amen. So I just want to pray for all of you today that have moms that are still alive. Help us, Lord. Help us, God, to be good children, to honor our mothers. Help us, God. Deliver us, heal us, set us free. Break bitterness, break unforgiveness, break resentment, break, Lord, disappointment, God. Break everything that would hinder us from being, Lord, the children you've called us to be and help us to be, Lord, honoring children in in this generation, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted and said... Amen. Amen. Well, moms, have a great Mother's Day. Be blessed and enjoy your day today. You're dismissed.